Welcome back to another edition of the Rally Cap Podcast. I'm Zach Freeze, alongside my partner, my cohort, my fellow baseball and football lover, Elliot Rearing. Elliot, how's it going? It's great to feeling? be back. It's great, great to be back. Great to be back. There's a feeling of magic in the air. Zach, why don't you tell them why there's some magic in the air right now? There's some magic in the air because we have a, a incredibly special guest. I think this is his fourth, third or fourth appearance. He was on, on the show? so he was on the one time that you weren't on. Yeah, and then he was on. Uh, let's see. I think he's been on four times. I think this is. I think this is his fifth, right? Five times. I think this is his fifth. Bestest friend of the podcast, our friend Chris Vanell. Chris, how's it going? How how are we doing? I'm doing fantastic. I think this is number four. Okay. But you know what? Every time that you guys bring me on here, you know, you set me up with this great intro, and I thank you for that. <laughs> but I can't deliver on the expectations ever. So you next no, time the no. appearance, I need you to tone it down just a little bit. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Chris is a big time Jay, Zach. He's big a big time, biggest big of time Jay. Biggest of Jays down at the Daytona Beach News Journal doing great work. He's written some great uh, pieces on many of the Reds' prospects. And, That's right. Um, covers high school football down there, too. So Chris, read Chris's stuff. Always, always good stuff. But uh, Yeah, get the get the clicks up for Chris. Get the clicks up. We'll get the clicks over <laughs> Chris. Do you get do you get paid extra for extra clicks? Yeah, how does that work? I do not, but I uh, do like when, when people right. read my stuff. I do all appreciate right. okay, it. Okay, so well, let's just give him some clicks for fun. How about that? Yeah. Let's just do it. I'll take it. All right. Do we want to, do we want to talk? Uh, let's, we'll take you and talk Reds first. You want to talk Reds first? Yeah. We'll talk okay. Reds just a little, we'll, we'll, just for a bit. Chris, we've had a, we've had an over, an overhaul in our, uh, what we, what we produce here. Uh, it's now Bengals content. <laughs> yeah. Because the Reds decided to lose out and quit and forfeit their year. So we're going to be asking you some Bengals questions later. Uh, but the Reds are fighting to avoid their 100 loss season, the first 100 loss season since 1982. Thoughts? Yeah, they're not going to get there. They're 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 not going to to stay away from a hundred uh, losses. That yeah. is that's you can put your life saving <laughs> responsibly, as you like to say, on the Reds getting hundred losses. I I think it's I think it's been a joke. I I truly believe because you see what happens. You saw what happened with the Brewers this year, and it's like they were an okay team, but they were flawed, and they still maintained to be competitive, right? The Reds could have been that. The Reds could have been absolutely competitive this, this year had they not quit on everybody, the fans, the players. Um, so it's frustrating to see where we are right now. Do you think, and you you are an expert in this now, you're you're watching our, our young guys develop, is there hope for the Reds in the future? Not next year. No, next year is going to be ugly Horrible. because a lot of those prospects aren't going to be ready. So um, I would anticipate at least 90 losses next year. And that sounds horrible, but like, who are your best players? You've got Jonathan India, who missed a large portion of this year due to injury and hasn't been as good as he was last year. Now, do I think he'll be good next year? Yeah, I do. Uh, Tyler Stevenson, who had a fluky injury year as well. Tyler Stevenson's is an incredible baseball player incredible catcher but you know if he remains a catcher can he stay healthy and then your third best player is a a 50 year old joey vado a <laughs> kyle farmer who you know i just like to bring up his name on this podcast to infuriate don't, elliot don't uh, don't even see this is, and, he, and he did it on purpose and he and he admitted it to doing it on purpose but he might be the third best player on this team tell me <laughs> tell me who's the better player. He is. Well, I'll tell you what, your boy, Jose Barrero, all I heard on Red's Twitter, let Jose Barrero play, man. 
He's something special. He's going to be our shortstop. Jose Barrero might be the single worst baseball player to ever grace a field. That's you mean. want you want the bad news, Elliot? What? I think he's going to be the starting shortstop on opening day next year. <laughs> oh, he is, God. I think he is, too. Oh, God. Or Alejo. What about Alejo? He doesn't play. He's an afterthought. The Reds, the Reds, the Reds hate Alejo Lopez, Chris. They hate him. <laughs> I don't know why they hate him, but he doesn't see the field ever. Jose Barrero gets all the at-bats. He hits 150. Zach, you've spent a lot more time, obviously, one-on-one with Elliot recently. Yeah. Has the, you know, as you guys have shifted to Bengals content here, has the Kyle Farmer uh, name brought up less, you know, prejudice in his voice, I, in his mind, or would, has it remained, you know, steady? I think, I think off the air, he'll, he'll still, he still gets the jabs in, like if Barrero strikes out or if he, like, on three if, pitches, if Barrero, swinging. like, makes a bad throw or something, oh, well. Farmer definitely wouldn't have made that play either. Oh. Well, here and here's the thing, and I hate to argue this again, but you know it's our last Reds show of the year, so let's just throw it in there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. we got free, we got a bundle of free agency. Oh yeah, we'll about. sign some big ones. Yeah, what's, yeah, what's the over under on free agents the Reds sign before February? They'll sign some They're, before February. They'll have uh, a bunch. One and a half. Well, I mean, they'll sign like the. We got to get our Connor. I don't o- think they will sign half. We got to get our Connor Overton. Someone's gonna have to be. No, the no, Connor he doesn't Overton. count because we're bringing him back. He doesn't count. I'm saying like, Con- who is who is gonna be this year's Donovan Solano? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, Joey Gallo. I dude, I think <laughs> that would be a big get. He's I don't. Coming, we're not. Here. We're not gonna sign a single uh, reliever. We yeah. have. We're gonna use all uh, minor league guys for that. Right. They just bring back the Lucas Sims will be healthy. TJ Antone's going to be healthy. So we'll just say we'll have those guys. Santiano will be back and healthy. He'll bounce back. That's what I'll get told. They'll get sold that. So I, I, Chris, I believe we'll sign one starter, one veteran 35 year old starter. Kyle Gibson. We were talking about it. It's going to be Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson, Gibson Jake Rizzi. Like Kyle Gibson. Do you need that next year? Because theoretically, Brandon Williamson is ready for the big leagues. Yes. I, I think, yeah, but I think they're going to want like somebody, some old head to eat some innings. I think they're going to want like the Mike, they got to find their Mike Miner. Who's the Mike Miner going to be? They're going to find some old think- head to eat the innings. And then it'll if be Mike Miner and those guys, young guys. If Mike Miner is on the opening day roster next year, which I don't believe he will be, yeah. But if he is, I think Reds fans might lose their collective mind, like <laughs> even more than this year. I think that would be maybe the worst look of all time for Big Bob up there. Well, I here's the issue, and here's the issue: if you're gonna tank and you're gonna do all this, fine, right? You've already quit. You've already proved you're gonna quit. Can you do it in a, at least a subtle way? Can you not? throw it in our face that we're paying Mike Miner $10 million to have a six ERA, not go four innings in a game. And to have to bring it back next year, we just, I mean, we're going to suck hard. I, we're going to suck. Hard. It's going to be bad. No, unquestionably it's going to be bad, but it's going to be bad until the trade deadline. And then once you get into August and September, you're going to get fans, some fans, not a lot, but you're going to get some fans in the ballpark because you think by then, well, maybe Ellie De La Cruz right. comes to the show. Christian maybe Encarnacion. Another guy. Yeah. I, I will say this. I saw the stat yesterday. It's been the lowest attendance total in GABP history. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I'm pretty and I think it's I'm in GABP. Sure. Yeah. In franchise history, I think there was only one worse season than this past year. In, in, in attendance. As I, it should be. I don't think, it, I, I don't know, man. I don't, unless, unless 
Castellini and his merry band of dimwits up there, unless they do something productive to to bring this fan base back, I think it's going to be a rough road ahead. Zach saying 2025. I don't I think it is. I don't think it is 2025. I think we we need a lot of people and we need a lot of guys. I'm not talking minor league players. I hate the minor league stuff. I hate it. We got Chris, it. I hate it. Uh, uh, no, well, I'm well aware. Listen, listen, I listen to Chris, the Chris, Chris, Chris. No World Series. No World Series team has ever won a World Series. With, 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 with prospects. No one. No one. It's it's they win it on veteran leadership. That's how you win. Sorry. That's how it that's how it happens. You win it with as as good of as good as the Rays have been, as cool of a story, they haven't won. So I you know, there's ways to be competitive with minor league players, and it's awesome to have a, a base of core young guys. But it's not gonna win you a World Series, Bob. It's not. You're gonna have to pay for somebody. You're gonna have to pay for A. Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Winker, Nick Castellanos. You're gonna have to pay for one of them. Doesn't have to be all of them. I'm not saying I know. I know where it's a small market, but we're uncompetitive. You have to pay for a free agent. You it has to happen. You can't let go of our team because you're unwilling to fork over money that you lost during the Corona season. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh oh, here we go. We're going to focus solely on the on Farm. 2021, just okay. because recency bias. Okay, here we go. So the Atlanta Braves did not grow any of their talent from the minor That's leagues. Not, no, no, no. Wait a minute. That's not what I'm saying. You can grow your talent 100. percent but Chris, the guys that are going to win you that World Series are guys that have been there forever that you have paid to be there forever, right? These are veteran guys. Ronald Acuna is not on his rookie deal. You, Matt Olson's not on his rookie deal right now, right? Freddie Freeman wasn't on his rookie deal in 2021, as you said. Marcel Azuna, Marcel Azuna is in jail. But so the rest of it, <laughs> the rest of it. I mean, a lot of those guys, dude. Austin Riley, I think he might have been right. Is he was he yeah. on his rookie deal or is he? Well, I mean, he's young. Is, yeah. He's his third. They they're all the Braves are different because they're signing everybody to the. But like, you, you not contracts that are absurd. They're Look getting at, like the bargain of basement. Michael Harris is winning the rookie of the year. He gets eight years, a hundred million. They're just Albies signed for like sixty million. Absurd. Yeah. So one hundred. Those guys came from somewhere. Correct. Yes? Correct. They came from the Braves farm system. Right. Correct. Right. And so I, while I agree with you that you know you can't expect uh, when the Reds go out in twenty twenty four and field a you know eight position players that are all rookies. Yeah. You know they're not going to win the World Series that year. You need to bring in gotta, some of yeah. that veteran leadership and some good veteran leadership, not the Mike exactly. Miners of the world, but the you know the Charlie Mortons of the world. Uh, sure, and that's the way to winning. I know what you're saying, but I had to give you a little bit of crap I agree. because I agree you know homegrown talent is is uh, th- there's a way to win that way. Sure. Now, well, can the Reds do it? We'll see. One hundred percent. But even in like in um you know when the Reds had that 2012 run, right? Brandon Phillips was not was not a Reds prospect. You look at Scott Rowland, not a Reds prospect. Ryan Ludwig, not a Reds prospect. There's a a ton of, of veterans in that in that roster that helped the Reds be as successful as they were. And I think that's what you need to win a World Series. And I'm not saying, you have to grow the guys, of course. There has to be a core of Jonathan India's Tyler Stevenson's. That's not what I'm saying. But you have to pay them, and there has to be a culture that they know eventually some of them are going to get paid. Right now, the Reds are, are, are I don't know how to say it, uh, moving forward with a culture where they know none of these guys are going to be here longer than five years because when their contract ends, they won't get paid. And that's what's the issue. The Rays, the Rays are doing great with it. The Rays have all their prospects, and they prospect it up. Somehow they get to the playoffs every year. They do their bullpen starting games, and it works out. 
Do, are they going to win a World Series? No, they're not. They're never going to win a World Series. One, they don't have fans. Chris, you would know as one of the uh, uh, as one of the diehard uh, bandwagon fans that Tampa has. But I, you have to pay for veteran leadership. We don't have that. We're not going to pay for it. We have, I guess, Fat well, Moose. But well, let me ask you this before we we jump we can jump into the Bengals. But let me ask you this: in twenty, let's say the Reds next year they're going to be terrible. I mean that's pretty obvious. I think twenty twenty four they might show signs of life, but I'm not sure. Let's say the the uh, twenty twenty four season ends, and they they spend in the free in free agency similar to what they did in twenty after twenty nineteen. Does that not does what they did in twenty nineteen? Does that not give you optimism that they might do something like that? No, because that was no that was Dick Williams, dude, and we and he left because of this very issue that they were unwilling to pay. Right, I mean, well, that was a completely different. That was a completely different uh, general manager. He wanted to. He wanted to fight for the team. The, the ownership didn't. And we'll see. And like you said, maybe, maybe they will. Right? Maybe they will. Yeah, they, I understand. But it still has to become a culture, Zach. We haven't won a playoff. Of course, uh, we I, haven't won a playoff series in since two uh, since nineteen ninety nine. Is that what it was? So nineteen ninety five. Yeah, nineteen ninety five. Whatever. I. It's it's a disgrace. And right now. Everyone knows, the league knows, free agents know, right? Everybody knows the Reds aren't going to pay you. That's an issue to have when you're trying to win a championship. Bring, as the Castellini said, bring a championship-level baseball back to Cincinnati. They haven't done it. They've failed. And they're going to continue perpetuating this this narrative that they're trying their best to win games, and they're not. Well, they, and it they, sucks. Well, I think with the, the whole thing and after 19, I think they used... COVID is a cop out. I just think that was I guess. Like the, I guess and, that and, was the biggest thing. I think they use that as a cop out and that was but I don't I don't know what they'll do twenty two I hope in my hope is in twenty twenty four they'll sign again. They'll sign free agents again. But that's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be probably year and a half to two year window and then we'll probably redo it all over again. That's what I think. Chris, can I ask you a question? Yeah, ask me a question. 14 teams in the major league in major league baseball. 14 teams are are 20 games out of a, f- a playoff spot at least. 14, that's half the league almost. Are four or or are 20 games plus out of a out of a playoff spot. Do you think baseball needs to do something about this? Is there a way to is there a way to stop this? This level of tanking that's so prevalent in the game. No, because you have small market teams that are that are in first place or that are going to be in playoff spots. The Cleveland guardians just clinched the other day. You have the St. Louis Cardinals who, you know, whether you like it or not, they're not the smallest of markets, but they're certainly not a big market team, but they bring in guys when they need to, and they're competitive every year. So it's not just, you know, every small market team is tanking and, you know, trying to do this homegrown thing and failing. Some of them are succeeding, whether they take the homegrown route or whether they don't, like you mentioned, you keep mentioning the Rays too. They have a playoff spot. You know, so I don't think there's there's anything that needs to be done. And if there was, I don't know what they really could do. I just think the the level of competitiveness in the MLB is so widely um, almost unfair compared to the NFL, NBA. And I know the NBA does the thing where they allow 35 teams into their playoffs. That's fine, right? That's fine. That's a different league. It's good for them. The NBA does a great job with marketing. Uh, it's overall a better league. It has a better commissioner. But the way with with baseball too, it's not 
you know, when you tank, you're not tanking for draft spots like you are in the NFL or the NBA. It's not, you know, yeah. tank for Tua like it was a couple of years, or yep. tank for Burrow, essentially. Or, you know, you're not trying to go out and get LeBron with the first overall pick because these guys are three, four, five, six years away from the big leagues in some cases. And the only thing I can think is maybe you say you have to spend more than this. Like you set a salary, salary floor. floor. Yeah. And mandate mandate that you know Bob Castellini has to spend sixty million on his team, but the owners who run the league, you know, more than Correct. Manfred, yeah, won't do will that. never, no. ever, ever go for that. I'd love a salary floor, but they I, won't do that. Yeah, I mean, the, us and the Pirates owner are the worst owners in sports. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Reds. I, I'm obviously not optimistic. Uh, you could say so. Can I give you your uh, your segue to football here? Oh, this is this is good, they, yeah. fellas. This is what this is what you get when you bring on a professional journalist. Chris, please please do so. You're welcome for this. By the way, here's the one move I need the Reds to make. Not once I need the Reds to make this this offseason. I need them to bring back Tommy Pham because I want a whole season <laughs> of them just following all the news articles and every attention that goes towards his fantasy football league. <laughs> I need that for another season, and I want it for a full season this time. I don't want the half-season crap we got this year. I need a full season of what happened in Tommy Pham's football league. As, as a journalist, does a guy like Tommy Pham, does that just get you up in the morning? Because you, oh you know you're going you know to have 500 words, single space by the end of the hour. I dream. I stay up at night. I stay up at night just, you know, tingly thinking about Tommy Pham and his fantasy league. You know what I'm saying? I it's 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 phenomenal. By the way, he's no longer in that league. Uh, apparently, physical assault wasn't welcome in their uh, in their in their rules. Chris, uh, I guess that, you're but that's right. a storyline by itself. You know what's happening with the new league? I, I get, but you know who's in that new league? Did you see who's in that? I saw a couple of names, but I can't remember it's now. It's Portnoy. Portnoy. Yeah. Dave Portnoy <laughs> was put in the league. So it's Mike Moustakis, Trout, Yelich. and Portnoy, Yelich. That's, that's hilarious. But, Chris, that's right. That's a great segue. Chris, how about them Bengals? Um, two and two. The the sky isn't falling anymore, right? That's right. correct. The sky, is, the sky is no longer falling. But I do think you have to – when you're 0-2 and you lose to the teams you did, the alert had to be on, right? Yes, and it's because there's so much hype coming into this season. And that's why, if this was a regular Bengals team, if they lost, you know, the first two of last season uh, or coming in with last year's expectations, I wouldn't have batted an eye. But it's the fact that, okay, yeah. the only problem with this team is the offensive line. Well, we just fixed that in the offseason. And then you come out and you lose two straight to yep. essentially backup quarterbacks. Trubisky, who is no longer starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers as of today. And um, uh, Cooper Rush, you know, filling in for Dak Prescott. Um, those are two really good defenses, and I think we've we've seen that over the last couple of weeks. That you know, you can kind of excuse it a little, excuse it a little bit because of the level of defense that those teams are playing. But yeah, you lost to backup quarterbacks, and now the last two weeks you got it rolling. I thought last week in prime time against a really hot Miami Dolphins team was going to be a good barometer. You know, if they win that game, well, maybe this season is going to go the way we all thought it was at the beginning. If they lose that game, well, maybe the Bengals have regressed, or maybe they're pretenders, or they got lucky last year. Well, they win the game, but it wasn't a great barometer game because Tua got hurt. So I think now we move that back a week, this is going to be a huge yeah, test. 100%. A huge yeah. meter, a huge gain of where, a gauge of where the 2022 Cincinnati Bengals are against the Baltimore Ravens. Well, I feel, I feel good. I, I know people were kind of up in arms about 
it wasn't a crisp game. It wasn't a, you know, it was maybe closer than people thought it was going to be, especially with Tua going out. Teddy Two Gloves comes in. But defensively, man, I, I think we are, I think we're really good. Yeah, we're there. And I think that gives us a shot to win any game against anybody. When our defense plays like that, Trey Hendrickson was outstanding. Um, and I think offensively, there it wasn't perfect, but the pass protection was way better. I think Burrow found his rhythm a little bit. the 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 gripe is still the run game. They got to fix. They got to figure that out. And the run the run game has been terrible. But I think we're slowly starting to see like this offense. We've seen like T Higgins looks really 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 good. good. Um, pass protection was there. We just got to get we got to get the run game. That's the still I, the biggest thing. And there's still some play calling. And I know Elliot. I'm about to Elliot wants to Elliot. Wants to uh, Chris, the play to ca- grill Zach Taylor. Chris, and that's the, fair. But. Chris, the play calling is atrocious. It's disgusting. I I I get the jo- giving the ball, and I fi- and I thought this was going to happen before the year. I thought it was going to be kind of a, a down year for Burrow, kind of almost giving him a sixteen a seventeen game rest period. Obviously, he's going to have a great uh, going into the season. Obviously, you think he's going to have a good year, but you're going to re- you're going to be able to rely on Joe Mixon with this revamped offensive line. And you can give it to Mixon two downs every every set, right? And I thought that was what's going to happen. And so far, they have done that. The issue is that he's averaging two point two yards a carry, and it's not. It's you know this is Trent Richardson in his prime. You know this is this is not this is not a good uh, a, a running game. I don't know why. I don't really. I still don't think it's Mixon's fault. I don't know if it's still the lack of chemistry, not knowing which hole to pick. I don't know. But he's he's he ranks le- close to the bottom in near every category as a running back, and I think he leads it in rush attempts too. So I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where you where you go here, Chris. What happens or what is happening with Joe Mixon? He's second in the league in rushing attempts behind only Saquon Barkley, and it's close. But you're right, every single other category that you can think of that really matters, he's last in. Yeah. And we've seen the Bengals' run game be streaky in the past. 2019. Uh, through like the first half of the season almost, it was like this. But that was behind a bad offensive line, or what we we knew was a horrible right. offensive line. Uh, the last two years, same sort of thing. You know, bad offensive lines. Any struggles or any streakiness, you can blame it on that. Once again, they thought they fixed that this year. And so now four games into the year, I think you can drop that excuse. If this continues on, it's no longer on the offensive line, just building chemistry. This is either a Mixon problem, a Zach Taylor play calling problem, or an offensive line problem. You'll be able to label it after this week. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's time to panic yet. I really don't. But once again, once you get in this fifth week now, you have to throw out the small sample size label. Right. And uh, maybe this is the time to, to start panicking if they can't run the ball again this week. If they can, you know, all it's going to take is one game for – for Mixon to go for, you know, a buck 30 on the ground with two touchdowns and everyone goes, okay, back to normal. So I, I, yeah, does he get that game this week? I don't know. Uh, but it has been ugly so far and, and uncharacteristically so. And I think, I think it'll even out, but if it doesn't, I mean, Mixon's been the starter for a long time in Cincinnati now and running backs don't last forever. Yep. I don't think it's time to have that conversation yet, but it's something that's could be in the back of your mind if it is a mix in problem. And there is a way out of it, which Zach Taylor is refusing to go to, is let Burrow throw deep. They've only gone deep several times in these four games. 
start opening up the field. You see what happens when they do it. Jamar Chase is open down there somewhere. T. Higgins can catch a ball 40 yards away from the line of scrimmage. They can do this if you open up that playbook. And I don't know why Taylor's not doing it. I don't know why he's calling the timeouts he is. I don't know why he's having headset issues. I don't know why we're not throwing challenge flags on plays that should be challenged. I don't know what's going on in the coaching box. Not the coaching box, whatever. The si- the coaching on the side of the uh, on the sidelines and upstairs. Um but something in the coaching booth, I do believe, needs to be changed. You don't like the toss on fourth and one there? Chris. Shotgun draw. Chris, Chris, what's your favorite play that Taylor calls? The second and ten shotgun draw with Pirine, or fourth and one, third and one, up the gut for a half yard, or third and one, fourth and one, let's start five yards back, pitch it to Mixon or Chase or a wide receiver uh uh, end around, start 10 yards back behind the line of scrimmage when all you need is one. Which one of those is your favorite? I don't like heights, okay? And every time, and, and you know, I get this sick feeling in my stomach, so every time I see Samaj P. Ryan on the field <laughs> since the Super Bowl, it's like someone set me up at the top of the wind seeker at Kings Island and just spun <laughs> me around for a good three hours up there. I can't, I don't understand the love fair affair with Samaj P. Ryan. So that is my least favorite play. Anytime that he gets the ball, especially on draw plays. Um, but you know, out of the ones you named, I don't know if I can pick a favorite because uh, that's correct. You can't, I could, I could, I could take a gripe with all of them because they're all abysmal. And again, I, you have to give Taylor credit, right? There is credit to be had when you take a team like the Bengals with one of the worst offensive lines in NFL history, when you bring them to a Super Bowl somewhere down the line, you've done a good job. I don't know if it's a locker room guy. I don't know what it is. Kind of like, you know, Dusty Baker was a perfect locker room guy. Everybody loves Dusty Baker. Was he a great X's and O's manager? Probably not. But he knew how to get the clubhouse together as a team. Is Taylor great at that? I have no doubt. Unquestionably, he has done something in that locker room to spark I hate to say it, but it's like a movement. It's he Zach Taylor sparked a culture change in Cincinnati. And I, I I think it does start with him. The issue is he has to give up play calling. If you're Zach Taylor, Chris, when do you do it? Do you do it? Well, I'd be shocked if he actually did it. Um, but I thought even, you know, after the Super Bowl run last year, I was like, there were times, even during the playoffs or even during that, you know, final stretch of regular season when the offense was hot, that it was pretty much solely responsible that that Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon Correct. and Jamar Chase were solely responsible for that and they were getting, you know, to where they got in spite of Zach Taylor's play calling. So if I were him, heck, I would have considered giving it up after last year. Yeah. But we don't know what Brian Callahan is in a, as an offensive coordinator at least in terms of his play calling. And if you're Zach, you know, if anyone questions you on your play calling, you say, "Well, we got to the Super Bowl last year with me calling plays, so <laughs> if it ain't broke, really, don't fix it. Correct. And that, and I guess that's the argument to be had. I think Zach Taylor, like you said, I think culture, I think that's a buzzword that people, it's so overused. And But I think there is something to be said. I think he did a really good job of keeping the team tight, and he got rid of the, I mean, with respect to these guys, they're Bengals, I guess you could say legends, Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlaps and A.J. Greens that I think were a little bit, uh, you know, I think they were kind of worn out by those guys, you know, got rid of those guys, new energy, and I think that is what, like, you credit Zach Taylor for because I think they like, I think they like Zach, you know, whatever it may be. Um, However, 
you want to slice that up. I think they really respect Zach. But at the same time, I think the Super Bowl run is, yeah, like we got to the, like he got to the Super Bowl. And that is, you know, you have to give him credit for that. But at the same time, I think Joseph Lee Burrow also went Super Saiyan the last half of the year. I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that maybe has more to do with, you've got, you've got Burrow and Chase just going absolutely berserk. I think, I don't want to say he rode their coattails, but. I think that has more to do with like that. I believe in that more than I believe like Zach Taylor is the reason we got to the Super Bowl and he's boy wonder genius. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm not saying I'd rather have, there's, you know, I'm ready to, you know, move on or anything. I mean, we're two and two. I'm not panicking. I just wish the play calling. I don't think he's, he's not going to give that up. I think he's, he's going to be the play caller, but I mean, I think we want better. Like we want, we don't want, predictability like the first week was horrible with the predictability then I think you know they they showed a little bit of improvement I think the Jets game they were a lot better but this week it's just like we have fourth and one toss plays and we have some yeah terrible shotgun I want the shotgun draw to go away more than anybody I hope they I hope they make that play illegal so that way the (laughs) Bengals don't have to run it there's nothing worse than a second and ten shotgun draw for one yard and then we're in third and nine Oh God! But I don't know. I think this, like Chris said, I mean, this is a big game. the 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 small sample size stuff's pretty much out the window now. Baltimore Baltimore's defense has been pretty bad. They're dead last against the pass. They're middle of the road against rush defense. Rush defense. So I think this is a big game. This is a big game for Zach Taylor because we have, I think, an edge in that department in terms of. Look, I think our offensive personnel should be able to take advantage of of their defense. We did it last year. I know last year's, you know, the different different teams. The NFL is so wacky with the parity. You can beat a team by 40 one year and then the next year you could lose to them just as easy. So, it's a big week. I mean, this is a big week. Sunday night football. I think after this game, if the Bengals can somehow win this game, man, I I think you feel really different about this about this season because then we get into a soft softer spot of the schedule where you've got the Saints, you've got the Falcons at home, the Panthers at home, Josie Briscoli, quarterback in the Browns. So you've got a if you win this game and you are setting yourself up to be maybe seven and four or something if you if you don't poop your pants. So I mean, you, I, this is this is yeah. a big one. This so the, is a big one. So the the issue, the one, if there was a, a down spot, Chris, and I'll ask you here, we're playing the best rushing quarterback in the past, God, I don't know how many years since Vic. Uh, the guy can move. We are 26th in rush yards per game. We have given up an average of 89 and a half uh, r- rushing yards in these four games. Is there a way to contain Lamar? So far this season, no NFL team has figured it out. So uh, the Bengals defense has been really good, like you've said. They're second in points per dri- points allowed per drive, second in the league, behind only the 49ers, which we saw, you know, just a day or two ago. Their defense is really good. Um, so I think this Bengals defense is really good, and I don't think they're the 85 Bears like some people want to make them out to be. So far, I think they're a an above average defense. I don't think they're elite. Um, and I think this week's probably going to prove that because I don't know how much you can 
slow down Lamar. If I was a betting man, which I'm not, but if I was a betting man, I would say this game probably leans more towards shootout than defensive battle. I, and, and I agree with you, by the way, Chris. I do think there will be a ton of points scored. The Bengals' offense really still not even last week because it was kind of a garbage-time touchdown. The Bengals' offense still hasn't been where we were at the end of last year. We haven't hit that yet. We're not really even close, I would say. We're not at the 40-point range yet. This is the game I do think if you're going to show out, you show out right here in prime time against the Ravens. And you did it to the Ravens all last year. Both games, you know, you, you crushed their corners, you crushed their safeties. And we have been very good against the pass. The issue with the Ravens, and I do think Lamar is a front runner to win MVP this year. Uh, I, I do believe that because of the lack of wide receiver depth he has. He has nobody to throw to. He has Mark Andrews, and that's it, right? So that limits their their big playability. I think the Bengals will lock him up. The issue is, the issue is, I do think he's going to be able to scramble on us for 100, 125 yards. Will we be able to com- com- combat that? I hope so. I hope there will be some halftime adjustments. I hope that happens. But right. I think it's I think it's going to be an awesome game. I do I do believe so. I and for the record, Chris, before we get into our predictions of this game, I do think the Bengals win by double digits. Whoa! I do I do How about this? I do I do think that I I think we haven't seen our offense up to its fullest potential. You're playing a bad defense. I I, I think we're going to start letting it fly. I think it's time to start letting Chase, let Higgins, let Boyd, let them go, man. Throw deep. You're playing a bad defense. Don't be afraid to throw deep on them. I really, like, going back to the defense, I trust, like, I'm starting to trust Lou Anaruma. Not, like, fully, like, I would, you know, I think he's the greatest defensive mind of all time, but I like, I, I believe in Lou Anaruma. Like, I, I, I believe in this guy. Um, and I, I, I think our secondary, like, we talk about, like, Cheeto's been incredible. Mike Hilton, I think, was one of the best slot corners in football last year. Uh, Von Bell's been good. But, man, one guy that everyone hates. I think everyone knows what I'm about to say, but like he's serviceable. I know Cup worked him, but Eli Apple I like Eli shutting Apple. down Tyree Kill. I love this. I mean, like he oh, only they didn't shut him down. No, he only had like one catch okay. in his vicinity. All right. Like, I mean, I think it was like one catch for like six yards or something on on Eli Apple. So I mean, I like I'm I'm going to war with Lou Anarumo. Like I'm I'm. I'm trusting that we're like we're not just going to give up 35 because it's Lamar and we're going to be screwed and we're going to have to score 50 or whatever 40. So I don't know. It could be a shootout. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this is a shootout, but maybe we get the stops. Maybe our D uh, losing reader hurts, but maybe our D. Maybe we got a big D, right, Elliot? Nice. That's yeah. really nice. You got That's a professional some, journalist on the air, some big and you're D. talking about big D. Yeah, uh, Chris. So before we have to reset the Zoom call in three <laughs> minutes, uh, so, uh, what is your prediction for this game? What is your final score here? Let's go. Oh, it's good. It's it's going to be oh so tight. Let's go thirty to twenty eight Bengals. I like it. I like it, Zach. I'm going to say twenty eight to twenty six Bengals win. We Got it. Twenty six. What an asshole pick. Uh, twenty six. Couple points. field goals. Twenty six points. We're, by the way, we're allowed to say that, Chris. We're given. We're on. We're under the PG thirteen guidelines here, so you're allowed fuck. to say you get one fuck. Well, That's now we one. said two. Sorry. So <laughs> now we're in trouble. Now I don't know what we do. Uh, Chris, we're, I'm gonna. We're gonna reset this call, and we're gonna go into some of the other NFL stuff before we let you go. And and by the way, Chris, we're, you're gonna have to give out three picks this week. Three, three gambling, gambling picks. picks. So oh, you're gonna have to look at some spreads during this time while we reset this. 
and or we're totals, gonna come back. Or totals. Or totals. You can do over unders. So here we go. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back for you guys just in a matter of seconds. Wow, and we're back. What a time jump. If you're listening to that, that was a one wow. second time jump. Crazy. Magical. Wow. The, the the magic of editing <laughs> as our Zoom call ended because we don't have the uh premium package. We're poor. Chris, do you have a premium package? I'm not gonna answer that that's question. A smart question. <laughs> smart question. That's a that's a that's a big time journalist. I was asking it's it, good and for the record, there. if anybody was wondering, I was talking about Zoom, Chris. Come on. Yeah. Don't get your mind. There was a smile on your face. Get, and I, get I, I your I've mind. been friends with you since what, like second or third grade? <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter, Chris, please. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the games this week. Uh, Zach and I were two and one each on right. our three picks. This is this is recommended by our dear friend. I won't give his name out on air, but he recommended uh, us to start doing gambling picks. So we started last week. We're both two and one. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go right now. So I'm gonna go real quick. I am gonna go with the Eagles Cardinals over forty eight and a half. That'll be that'll be my first pick. My second pick. I did give this stat out or the stat out before we were uh, on air here. Bengals Ravens over 48 and a half. I'm going to do something different and I'm going to take the first half under and I'm going to take the second half over. Wow. So the second half over I think is like 24 and a half. I'm going to take that over. I'm going to take the over in the second half of that game because the Bengals are known to start out slow uh in these games so far. And my last pick, my last pick of the uh of uh, of the slate here I just had it. Uh, I'm going to steal it from Zach. I'm going to go Titans minus two on the Commanders. I think the Commanders suck. Yeah. So that's all there is to say. Zach, why don't you go? Um, well, Titans Commanders is one of my picks. I think minus two and a half. Like it. I love it. Um, Washington wants more of it. He Washington sucks. Carson Wentz sucks. They're terrible. Tennessee, I don't love. But Who told you Carson Wentz sucked about four years ago? Who no, said that? I, I just used my own brain. No, on it was that my one. brain. Go ahead, no. continue though. You know, I just I, I never believed in him ever. Your brain's couldn't, your brain's small. Couldn't dig <laughs> couldn't dig those up. Um, Tennessee, I liked minus two, minus two and a half. I'll, I'll take the give me the half. Uh, and then I got a couple of uh, I got a couple of totals for it. I'm gonna go under forty seven Steelers Bills, and let me tell you why. Um, the Bills offense obviously really good. I think the Steelers defense is good enough to kind of hold them at least somewhat in check. Um, and it's Kenny Pickett's first start, and I mean, he showed some flashes, but um, had a couple turnovers. Not as not entirely his fault. I just think it's an awfully hard um, ass to go to Buffalo. Your first start, um, I think that's going to be an under forty-seven. And then I like we were talking about primetime overs or primetime unders being the play. I'm going to take a primetime over. I'm going to take Raiders Chiefs over fifty and a half. This this Chiefs offense is humming right now. Yeah, I mean, it it's be- it's a thing of beauty. Um, the Raiders offense isn't bad really either. So um, over fifty and a half, that's going to be three and zero. Oh. You can you can thank me. You can you know. I'm all, you by know. the way, I'm also going to add Texans plus seven. Jaguars shouldn't be seven point favorites against anybody. So <laughs> Texans plus seven. Kind of like that. They're I'll, frisky. I'll add, yeah, they are frisky. Chris Chris Vanell, your three picks. Give me three of your best mortal locks. And this, by the way, guys, a little background into Chris. He knows nothing about it. <laughs> he knows not a clue. So what he's going to give you out, these are these are locks. You bet your you bet your life responsibly on these. Chris, please. 
Zach just said he was going to go three and zero. I might go zero and three. So <laughs> don't bet it. You know how Elliot once again likes to say, "Bet all your money responsibly." responsibly. Don't bet any of your money. Don't okay. bet any of your money on this. Don't one. bet but, it. Don't bet it. Wink. Bet it all responsibly. Go ahead, Chris. Okay. Well, you said that. <laughs> um, Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, forty-eight and a half. I'm taking the under because I don't like the Falcons offense at all. And Tampa's defense has been really good. And while, you know, the Bucks have Tom Brady and he has always been good against the Atlanta Falcons, cough, cough, uh, 20 to three, cough, cough. Uh, something's just been disjointed about that offense this year. So I'll take the under on 48 and a half. Uh, the next thing that I like is the New York Giants and the uh, Green Bay Packers. Green Bay is favored by seven and a half. Eight and uh, a half they're going to win by it. What do you say? Eight and a half now. Oh, I still like it. Give it to me still. I mean, they, they, they should win that game by at least two touchdowns. Um, and then finally, we'll end just because this is a Bengals podcast now. We'll end with the Bengals and the Ravens. Uh, the over-under on that game is 47.5. I like the over. I already said uh, you know, the final score was going to be something along the lines of 30-28, to 28, and that puts you at 58. So I like that over to cash. I like it. And that was our gambling segment of the week. Uh, Chris, gambling becomes legal in Ohio, and I'll be responsibly losing all my money. So <laughs> there you go, buddy. Uh, let's see. Around the league, Chris, you look at our division. What's been your opinion of the Browns? Are you scared? Are you nervous when Deshaun comes back? When Deshaun comes back, it depends on what their record is at that point. If they are a 500 team at that point, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit worried because I think their roster is a decent roster. I think Pittsburgh is horrible. Uh, besides their defense, they have some defensive pieces, but offensively, especially if Kenny Pickett is nothing, they're not going to be able to move the football. Um, and I, I, th- I really think it's going to be the Ravens and the Bengals at the top, but the Browns, if they, the longer they stick around, the more problems it's going to cause. And and this is a segue into that game. They, they take on the Chargers this week. Chargers are favored by three points. Everybody's darling coming into this year was the San, Di- or the San Diego. Damn. Move them back. I knew I was going to do it. Uh, the L.A. Chargers, great fan base there. Uh, so the, the L.A. Chargers and the Browns, everybody loved Herbert. Everybody claimed Herbert to be the, the best the best quarterback in the NFL without ever getting to the playoffs. I think the Chargers have been a massive disappointment. I think they have underplayed in every aspect of the game. I think Herbert's been okay. I think their defense been atrocious. And I think Eckler has also been atrocious. Their wide receivers really haven't been there. Keenan Allen's still hurt. Uh I think the Chargers aren't great, Chris. I, I really don't. I think the Browns are probably going to win that game with Briss- with jo- Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Where do you see, if you look at the NFL top of the leaderboard, right? So you're going, you're, or top of the standings. Who do you think gets the one, two, three? Who do you think are who, who do you think is going to be the top of the uh, of, of of the uh, what do you call it, Zach? Help me out. What, like top seed? Yeah, the top seeds. God, that was terrible. Terrible radio by Elliot. Who do you think are going to be the top seeds in the in the uh, AFC? I think Buffalo and Kansas City are yeah. your one-two, and I don't think it's particularly close. I think everyone else is fighting for third, fourth, fifth, and so on. Um, and I think whoever wins the the AFC North is is it's got to be. Uh, I think it's going to be the Bengals. So do I. So <laughs> I'll, do I. I'll put it plainly. I think it's going to be the Bengals as the third seed, but I can see a reasonable path to it being the Baltimore Ravens. Um, a large part of it is going to depend on this week. I think. Do you think the Chargers? Do you think the Chargers are going to make the postseason? It's tough. I got to see more. I don't. I don't like what. I really don't like their roster 
beyond Justin Herbert. I think that is the Justin Herbert show, and that is all they have going for them, um, especially if they don't stay healthy on defense. The, I don't really trust anything they do. I, so, um, you know, I wouldn't put my life savings on it. Responsibly. Some of these AFC teams I thought would be better. Mm-hmm. So I think the Chargers, I mean, they're still, they haven't been great. They've been but, bad, I would say. They've been but, very bad. But the two and two, it's like Denver. I, Denver doesn't blow me away. And, and that's why I'm not. That's right. why I'm not. I'm not selling the Chargers yet because right. Denver has looked way worse than I thought they would, and so has Las Vegas. Yeah. Right. So you know they could very easily wind up as the number two in this division without you know being world beaters. Right. The the Chargers, by the way, they are dead last in rushing yards per game. They're thirty second having only 64 yards a game. That's uh, not great. Not great. I, I, I think I, 30, they're 30th in points allowed per game. They've allowed 27 points per game. That's a losing formula. If you're going the shootout route, it, they have the quarterback for it, yeah. but it's, it's a risky game you're playing there. Uh, if you look at the NFC, Chris, I, Zach said it coming into the year. I kind of agree with him now, especially. I think the NFC is really weak, really weak. I think the Super Bowl champion is coming out of the AFC this season. Who has who has impressed you? Who has let you down thus far in the NFC? I don't like to overreact, but the Philadelphia Eagles might be the greatest team in the NFL. <laughs> um, so I really like them so far. Their offense has just been awesome, and their defense has backed it up. Jalen Hurts is is on an MVP campaign. Apparently, yep. uh, I didn't pick that coming into the year. Um, and who has let me down? I don't want to say they've they've really let me down, but the Tampa Bay Bucks have not looked like themselves no. offensively yet. I talked about that during the betting segment, but um, until their offense starts to click, or if it ever clicks, I'm not buying them as real Super Bowl contenders like everyone thought they would be. That's a good pick. I, I do think it's them. I think the Packers have looked bad, I would say, offensively, really bad. Defensively, the Packers are strong. The issue is, obviously, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anybody to throw to, similarly with Tom Brady. Uh, but outside of those two teams, man, I think the Super Bowl champions, uh, the Rams, look bad. Uh, Stafford's getting hit uh, like five times a game, sacked five times a game at least. Uh, they've been bad. 49ers have a good defense. I think their offense stinks. Uh, and, and outside of that, I oh, really whoa, don't. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Cooper Rush is undefeated as a starter in his NFL career. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. The Cowboys don't look terrible. The Cowboys defense is very Rush. good, and Cooper Rush could just be the right game manager to take him to the postseason. <laughs> That's a ba- it's a bad NFC man. I think it's weak. I think because the Vikings are have not impressed me at all. Bears, the Bears are the worst they, team in the sport. They're only good at throwing backwards passes. Are you still an Ohio State guy, Chris? Yes. How do you feel? What do you think about Justin Fields? Yikes. He's really good at handing it off. He ranks 33rd out of 32 passers in oh, pass Listen, attempts. I've never seen ne- – well, I'd say he's in the top five all time of being able to hand the football off. I agree. It's incredible to watch him. I agree. The efficiency with which he turns, <laughs> takes the snap, turns, and hands it off is incredible. But, unfortunately, he has not proven he can do anything else at the pro level. No, it's been bad. It's been really bad to watch. Uh, and, honestly, kind of – it's un- what 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 pick did they take him? They traded like up twelve or something. 10, yeah, it's top, unfortunate. They're gonna have like to that. get another one uh, because <laughs> unfortunately, Fields. Uh, is, I mean, I don't know if he's if you can improve. I mean, you have there's nowhere to go but up. There you go, Justin. That's my critique of you. Only you can only I go. I mean, up. who is his top wide receiver though? He's Darnell throwing the Mooney. That's that's true, Chris. But he's only throwing ten times a game. 
I think it's both. I think I have, it is. I have no response. I I can't explain that offense. I think I it is both. I think their offense sucks. I think their offense would suck with like a lot of young. Like if you put, I don't know. I'm trying to think of Mac Jones. I, don't think, I think their offense would su- still suck. I'm not. I'm honestly not a huge Mac Jones believer. I think he's okay. I think he's fine, but I don't know. I don't. I I don't know. Like. Can you just like kick Fields to the curb if they're like if they're bad this year? Because I, I just feel like you gotta. He's gonna play the whole year. I just don't. I don't f- think he can maintain. You've got to ride him out. You have like, to ride him out for this season. After this season, it's you have to. At some point, you have to look at the future and what you've and what you have. This is why I hate, hate, hate pairing defensive head coaches, especially yeah. first-time defensive coaches, with first-year or second-year quarterbacks, young quarterbacks. Give them an offensive mind. Let them grow. And I just, uh, I, that is one thing I will give the Bengals credit for, you know, having an offensive coach with a young quarterback. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, outside of that, that's pretty much all I have from, for our NFL. I'm not, we're not going to recap the games this week. The games were pretty so, so, uh, not, not any big news. Bengals weren't playing on the weekend. So it was just a fun weekend to watch football. Christopher, give me an obscure bangle, anything, anyone you can think (laughs) of any single, any single obscure bangle you can think of. Do you want me to just give you a name, or do you want to try to guess? You can you can let Zach try to guess. Okay. Okay. This is going to be um, great, great radio. 2007 or 2008 second round pick, I believe. Running back. How many games did he Kenny play? Irons? Yes, let's yeah, go. Let's go. <laughs> On Auburn. Kenny Irons. All right, yeah. now give me an obscure red. I mean, uh, what, th- what name from this year's team do you want? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. How obscure is Brandon Drury going to be in 15 years? He's too Brandon good. Dr- I'm going to remember Brandon He's Drury. Too good. It's the, it's the uh, uh, you know, the, who he, was the guy who played like two games? JT, the Riddler is what you called him. JT, <laughs> JT Riddle. And Taylor Modder. Those Taylor are going to stick out. Ian Modder. Ian Jabot. No way that guy sticks around. No. Do you think, That's you, do you though. think, you know, how, what do you think Derek Law's baseball card is going to be? We're going to remember those. The the September. It's a September to remember for Derek Law on a Reds uniform. So good. What about Raynell Espinal? Do you think he'll be back? I don't know who that is. I back. honest to God, I don't know who it is, Chris. <laughs> he just said that name. I have no idea who that is. Did he play this year? Yeah, he pitched like two games. <laughs> Robert Duggar. What Robert Duggar is going to be a pitcher. great one. Robert Duggar, yeah. yeah. No what do you think about Chris Oakey? He stunk. I yeah, God, that guy stunk. I was pretty bad. Hold on, before you leave, Chris, we got about eight minutes left here. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you some Reds stats. This is gonna be this is gonna be great. We talked about Reds. This is pretty much our last time we're talking to talk about Reds for the rest of this uh, Bengals season. So here we go. Here's some here's some pitching stats. By the way, every single one is worse than the next. Uh, we'll start with Ian Jabot. He's got a 4.8 ERA and 32 appearances. Hunter Strickland, our boy. Hunter Strickland, unfortunately, didn't bring the heat this year. 4-9-9, and he blew every game he pitched. Uh, Tony Santion before his injury, 5-4-9. Joel Kunal, an impressive season, 5-7-7. Mike Miner, the $10 million man, 6.06 before his injury. Justin Dunn, glad we traded Winker and Suarez. How are they doing, Zach? They're not in the postseason, are they? No. No? Good. That would have been unfortunate to trade two playoff cal- three playoff caliber uh, players to the same team. Justin Dunn, 6-1 ERA. Rivers, Reaver San Martin, 6.11. But he had a hell of a season in the bullpen. 
Art Warren, 6'5". That's our guy. No slander for Art Warren. Art looked great. Art looks great. That's 6'5", ERA. Don't even worry about that. Don't even worry about it, Art. You're my, you're our guy. We'll go to good. war for you. Chase Anderson, and he would have, well, he was strong in his 6.5, 6.56 as a starter with the Reds. Vladimir Gutierrez. He's hurt. This guy, now this guy could have won Rookie of the Year. He was third in votes, Chris. So let's see how he backed it up. He had a 7-6 with, uh, in 10 games. And Lucas Sims got hurt six games, 9-4. And ev- the rest of the team got hurt or they're <laughs> traded. There you go. That's, that's your, your Reds, Reds recap. That's your Reds recap. And also, we fight tomorrow for our 100th loss. <laughs> what was your favorite moment, Chris? You know what? I think it's still to come. I think it's going to be tomorrow when we when you slap the third digit in that loss column. I think that's going to be my favorite moment. Uh, oh, my God. All right. Well, Chris, it's been a joy having you on. Chris, is, by the way, Chris. this whole episode, Chris is our ho- co-host, so you're going to be in the title now. So congratulations, Chris. Uh, I hope to call on you down the line here as the Bengals continue, hopefully, another Super Bowl run. Anytime that you want me on the rally cap, I will be here. It's an honor and a privilege. Hey, Chris, Thanks, Chris. where can people find you on Twitter? This guy, by the way, if you don't if you don't know Chris, this is an established journalist. He's verified on Twitter. You'll know it's him because he's verified. You know, some people, if you look for me on Twitter, you're not going to know it's me because I don't have that little check mark. <laughs> but if you look for Chris, you're going to see a little blue check mark there, and you're going to know this guy is the real deal. Chris, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at Chris A. Vanell. If you like uh, Skyline Chili, you know, fandom mixed with there we go. You know, Central Florida high school football. That's going to bring a, that's, account for you. There you go. That's going to bring them in. All right, here we go. That's it for the rally cap. Everybody, thank you so much. Zach, give us an I love you. Love you guys. There you go.